Welcome to Blitzcast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Hello, everyone. This is Blitzcast number 85, and Ed is back from his vacation. Uh, He took a hiatus uh, for, for a week, but he's back. Ed, welcome back, man. Yeah, it's good to be back after uh, visiting family and um, refreshed and ready to talk some football. You know, Ron Rivera, uh, ex-head coach of the Carolina Panthers, didn't have such a good week. He got the the pink slip, Ed. Obviously, he uh, the Carolina Panthers decided to move on. Uh, he had, a, obviously, a great coaching record. Um, I mean, if you look at it out there, Ron Rivera went 76 and 63 and and one almost a 55 percent winning percentage uh, he led the carolina panthers to that super bowl run when they went 15 and one in 2015 he had a great run but he had to go ed you know i i totally disagree with that i i just i think i think he i think he's been a great coach and i think he's one of the better coaches in the nfl and you know what i think the panthers made a big mistake and you know what? Ron Rivera is going to get a job with someone else next year. So, um, you know, <laughs> the Panthers were pretty stupid here. Why do you think they made this move, Ed? Obviously, they've got a couple of coaching candidates in mind, I would assume. Uh, why do you think they, they decided to pull the plug? Uh, they obviously realized that they weren't going to make the playoffs in, in this division. They weren't going to make the playoffs in the, in the NFC. So they, they decided to get a head start and... Uh, do some uh, homework on possible head coaching candidates out there, I would assume. Well, I, I mean, I don't really understand why. I don't think it's the coach's fault. I think that's what's confusing about this. I think the fact is is they've been rolling with Kyle Allen this year. And the fact that is is that, you know, you can't expect Ron Rivera to win with Kyle Allen. And he's actually done okay with Kyle Allen. You know, it hasn't been a total disaster with Cam Newton hurt. So, you know... The fact is is that Ron Rivera is one of the better coaches in the league, and he's going to get another job with another team, and I, I think the Panthers are going to regret it. All right, so this week the, the Panthers are playing against the Falcons, and uh, Bavada Sportsbook has the Falcons at home as the favorites at minus three. So obviously with this coaching change, Bovada doesn't think very highly, or I would assume other sports books as well out there, don't think very highly of the, the Panthers, which is very surprising. The Panthers are 5-7, and seven, the Atlanta Falcons are 3-9, and nine, and, and the, the Falcons are the favorites here. Look, I w- I'm going to argue against this, Ed. Look, Ron Rivera's time, he had to go. He's never had two consecutive winning seasons. He's always been like a losing record, and then he comes back. He makes the playoffs, which they've done. They have been competitive in the NFC South. But I do believe when you have Cam Newton in the prime of his career, you should have been making the playoffs almost every year. And when you got Christian McCaffrey as well, and he's been there for a couple of years. By the way, McCaffrey's having a great season. But I just I think that the defense has slipped. Uh, in the beginning of the season, the defensive line was able to to get after the opposing quarterback, cause pressure. They've really taken a step back in, in the past four or five games. That that defense hasn't looked the same. And I just think like the Panthers realized that that Robert Rivera has basically 
outlasted his welcome out there. He's been a head coach there for eight seasons, almost nine years if, if he would have lasted this whole year. So eight and a half years, it, that's a long time for for an NFL head coach. Usually NFL head coaches, you know this, I mean, they're gone after like three or four seasons. The owners don't have the patience. Obviously, the Carolina Panthers have had patience with Ron Rivera. They've had some success, but I would tell you this. They've had moderate success. When you have one of the best quarterbacks in his prime, you should be making the playoffs every year. And this year, especially, the defense has taken has taken a, a step back. Well, I, I just I can't blame the coach for this. I, I think... The fact of the matter is, is that when you're rolling with Kyle Allen, you're still not... I mean, you just said it right there uh, the, when you weren't talking about Ron Rivera. Is the Panthers aren't a terrible team. And, you know, the Panthers haven't had a terrible year, and they've been running with Kyle Allen, and, you know, Cam Newton has been hurt. So, I it just... This, this move makes no sense. He's going to get a job somewhere else, and he's going to be a good coach somewhere else, and the Panthers are going to regret it. I'm going to say it again. Well, let's talk about some of the job, some of the jobs that might be attractive to Ron Rivera. Let me throw out some jobs to you, and maybe you'll say, "Hey, he he should go there." I'm gonna say the top two jobs, in my opinion, that might open up, and I'm saying might because they're not open right now. I would say the Giants and the Browns. How do you feel about that? Getting Ron Rivera to the Cleveland Browns, or maybe the New York Giants. I, I like him in New York. I think he. I think that that's a really nice fit for him. I th- I could just see him there. Um, you know, I think I think guy who's a fun football fundamentalist and uh, you know the Giants. You know, have a pretty good tradition going, and they they sort of understand the traditions of football. I mean, I, he might be, he might not be. You know, the best coach for Daniel Jones, but I mean, I I, I think I think that could be a good situation where he can he can sort of you know, co- coach the other things and maybe they can, you know, hire a guy, you know, hire an offensive coordinator who can really work with Daniel Jones. Well, I think Daniel Jones has shown promise out there. He just, he needs to cut down on those fumbles. I think he has like 15 fumbles this season. And he's lost 10 of them. How about the Carolina Panthers, Ed? Everybody wants to know who is, who might be the next head coaching candidate there. Gosh, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say. Um, I kind of like the guy Soleil um, from uh, from San Francisco. I mean, he's done great on the defensive side of the ball for the 49ers. Um, you know, I th- I think the the four, the Panthers may not want to get an offensive guy. They may stick to getting a defensive guy, and so um, I like Soleil from the 49ers. No, that's actually a good one. I, I like that. Robert Soleil definitely deserves a job. I- I'm sure we'll hear a lot of. Josh McDaniels, because, I mean, he's always mentioned out there. And um, I think they might dip into a Baylor head coach, Matt Rule. I mean, he might be, maybe Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy services here. Uh, I mean, he will appear somewhere because here's the reason why. The Carolina Panthers will definitely be drafting a quarterback in the first round. I have no doubt about it because, I mean, Kyle Allen is not the future. He's a backup quarterback. I know you're a believer in, in Will Greer. I also feel like he's backup quality. And I just think that the Carolina Panthers are in prime position to possibly move up in the draft and get one of those guys. And uh, they're, they're definitely in the market for a quarterback, so why not switch it up? 
You have Christian McCaffrey as your centerpiece on offense. Why not bring in an offensive guy to coach up the next quarterback? I, I yeah, I, I understand that's kind of like the you know the thing to do in the NFL is you know get that get that you know offensive coordinator that quarterback whisperer. But you know I just the way I mean this may be even my personal bias, but. I, I like to sometimes get a defensive guy, you know, and and uh, you know, because I think I think a lot of I think a lot of strategy is, you know, winning in winning in the X's and O's game is being able to win on the, the X's and O's on the defensive side of the ball. So I actually like the idea of having a head coach on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I, I I understand that the, they want to have they want to you know it's all about the quarterback, but you know I mean you can you can find a. You can find an offensive coordinator. You can find a quarterbacks coach for these guys. So I mean, I I don't I don't I don't necessarily think you have to go with an offensive guy. Well, everybody's looking at Bill Belichick, but um, if then you're looking at the young guys, the young guys who've had success, right? Sean McAvey, obviously Sean Payton has been has been very successful with the New Orleans Saints, and uh, so I would. If I'm drafting a quarterback early in the first or second round, I am going to go with offensive head coach because he can you know, he can help me pick out his guy. It's not going to be an offensive coordinator. It's going to be a head coach that's going to tell me who he wants. Does he want Herbert? Does he want you know, Joe Burrow? Does he want somebody else? And uh, I think it makes it easier. If you're picking your guy, you're telling your head coach, you're hiring an offensive guy, you're like, Pick your guy. Here, here's your guy. Let's make it work. I think that there's there's a lot of and usually teams they kind of they hire a defensive guy and then they go with an offensive guy. They kind of like to mix it up. Usually, uh, um, not like your Steelers, obviously, but I mean the the rest of the teams kind of like to switch it up a little bit. Defense, offense, offense, defense. They never tend to to stick with with one side of the ball and say, hey, we're going to hire a defensive guy for the next 30 years. I, I realize that's what the Steelers have done, but uh, the, the rest of the franchises obviously like to mix it up a little bit. Let's talk about a couple of big games in the NFL, Ed, and there are a few of them. Let's start with the Saints and the 49ers. Both teams are 10-2, and two, and this is for NFC supremacy, Ed. And this is two teams that are just been lights out this season we we saw what the 49ers were able to do against the Ravens it didn't work I mean they still lost the game 20 to 17 but they were able to make the Ravens one-sided on offense they showed that they can get pressure on the quarterback and the New Orleans Saints obviously with with Drew Brees and and Sean Payton it's gonna be a it's gonna be a heck of a game to be honest with you Uh, and everybody's talking about that defensive line with the 49ers Ed but that pass defense has also been stellar. I think they're number one in the league right now this season, and that's just that's insane. That defense has been has been incredible, and that's why I, I commend you for saying Robert Saleh, uh, let him be a head coach. Obviously, he's done a, a great job with the 49ers this season. I, I, I love this game. I'm going to be all over it. The, the Saints against the 49ers. Who you got, Ed? You know, I think I think in this game, I I really like what the 49ers have done this year. I think they, you know, they they don't necessarily have like, you know, amazing talent, but I really like what they've done, you know, over the years on the defensive line, which is really important to me. 
And, you know, Jimmy G has done enough to win these games. Um, you know, I, I know the Saints have been, you know have a little bit more experience. And, you know, Drew Brees is healthy. And now the defense is, you know, looking pretty good. And, I mean, I I, I think the Saints are a very good team. But I, I, I really like the 49ers this year. And I think, I think you know, the league has kind of underestimated them this year. I'll take the 49ers in this game, even though the Bavada has the Saints as the favorites in this game, minus two at home. But I'm going to go with the Niners. I think they're going to bounce back. They, they lost a close game last week against the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. I think they'll bounce back this week against the Saints. I think they'll harass Drew Brees. They'll, they'll be able to stop the run. Uh, that that defense is going to carry the day. So I'm going to go with the Niners. I, I think they're going to improve and become that clear-cut number one seed in the NFC. Let's go with the Chiefs versus the Patriots, Ed. This is the AFC Championship game last year when the Patriots were able to, to beat Patrick Mahomes. And Mahomes hasn't been that stellar ever since he's been back. Uh, just... His numbers haven't been that great. He hasn't been completing over... In, I, I think I looked it up, the, the stat. In half of his games, Patrick Mahomes hasn't been able to complete over 60% of his passes. It hasn't been the same Patrick Mahomes that we saw last year who won that MVP award. So if anybody can make Patrick Mahomes look even more mortal, it's Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Are you taking the Patriots on this game? Yeah, I, I, I like I like the Patriots in this game. I think they're gonna be a little bit angry after losing last week to the Texans. I think I think that was a very winnable game for them to beat the Tex to you know for for them to lose to the Texans. But you know that that was that was a winnable game for them to beat the Texans. So um, I, I I would I I think they're gonna be hungry this week. I think they uh, I think I think Belichick wants knows what to do with Patrick Mahomes and. Um, you know, it's going to be a good game, but I, I, I'm going to go with the New England defense. I'm also going to go with the Patriots. I, I think Patriots will win this game, and Bavada agrees with us. Uh, they've got the Patriots as the, the favorites on this game, minus three over the Chiefs. Again, Patrick Mahomes hasn't been the same this season. And even before that injury, you saw some things. They were clicking on all, in, the, in some games, in a couple of the games, but they weren't clicking all the time. And Patrick Mahomes is very far away from the MVP award that he captured last year. And uh, I think it's definitely going to go to somebody else, whether it's going to be Russell Wilson or Lamar Jackson this season. But Patrick Mahomes needs to raise his game up a little bit because, I, look, that Chiefs defense has been up and down. At times, they look really, really good. They're able to force pressure and get after the quarterback. And there are some games that they're just... It's the same old Chiefs defense that it's giving up 30, 35 points a game. So it's going to be interesting to see. A lot of key games this week. Obviously, we mentioned a few of them, but there, there are definitely a few more uh, that we should be focusing more. But the show, it's only for 45, 50 minutes, so we can't focus on all the games. Because this weekend, let's switch to college football. College football championship weekend it's an exciting time Ed and this is one of those times that a lot is on the line for a few of the teams out there uh, let's mention obviously for Georgia I mean if Georgia loses to LSU they're out 
Utah and Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. If Utah beats Oregon, they definitely improve their chances of getting in, especially if Georgia loses. Same thing with Oklahoma. Oklahoma at number six, Baylor at number seven. That's a really close game out there. If Oklahoma wins, wins convincingly, we all know that the committee would probably take the Big 12 team over a, a Pac-12 team. So it, it, a lot of different things happening. And I don't think I'd remember a conference championship weekend where so much was on the line, Ed. Yeah, I, I think this is a fun – this is one of my favorite weeks of the year, like as a college football fan because, I mean, this is this is really like – this is almost like – it's almost like a – you know, I see, I see the college football season as kind of like a tournament – and this is kind of like this is kind of like the the you know the the last push before i mean it's not quite the playoffs but it's pretty much like you know the play in games into the playoffs it's almost like the it's almost like the the quarterfinals almost so let's start with the SEC game um, obviously like i mentioned a lot is on the line LSU has been scoring at will on everybody all right, the only game, I, I looked it up, by the way, the only game where they scored less than 36 points, their offense did, it was against Auburn. And they still won that game, obviously. Um, they scored a ton of points on Texas A&M. Uh, they did it on Alabama. This LSU offense has been stellar. Obviously, Joe Burrow is the, the clear-cut favorite for the Heisman Trophy. Unless he has a really terrible game, He's got the Heisman Trophy sealed up right now. It's his. It's got his name written on it already. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see. LSU against Georgia. Obviously, if LSU beats Georgia convincingly, it probably moves up to number one. It, it leaps over and, and gets over the hump um, over Ohio State, in my opinion. Now, obviously, Georgia. The, the Bulldogs have a lot on the line. Bulldogs haven't played great the past few weeks. But if they beat LSU, Ed, we know this. If Georgia beats LSU, they're in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think LSU, I think Georgia has more to play for because they they could you know they could be eliminated with a loss. Um, LSU. No, L- it's not maybe. No, it's not maybe. If Georgia loses to LSU, they're eliminated. Yeah, they're 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 not in this. I mean, they're just forget about it because they they've get we've got Utah, we've got Oklahoma. Possibly Baylor, right? If Baylor beats Oklahoma, I mean, they're in there. If Utah loses to Oregon, Baylor is going to get in over Georgia. There's no ifs or buts about it. If Georgia wins, it gets in. If it loses, they're definitely not in the college football playoff. See, well, I mean, it gets it gets even more complicated. I mean, I I would argue that if Baylor really has a chance this weekend, I mean. I I mean not this weekend, but getting into the playoffs. I think they I think they could maybe win the Oklahoma game, but I don't know I don't know if they have a good enough resume. Well, let's talk about the SEC game. Let's talk about the SEC game. Like I said, if Georgia wins, they're in. If they lose, they're out. So we know this. If Georgia beats LSU even by ten or fourteen points, I don't think it's going to happen. But if they do beat them, LSU is still going to be in. LSU has been convincing this season, even with one loss against a good Georgia team, they're still going to get in. They're not going to be number one or number two, but they'll sneak in as a number four seed. So that that's what should be talked about. Let me ask you this. Does Georgia, and I've watched the Georgia the past couple of games, do you think Georgia has a, any chance 
against LSU in Atlanta. I I, I really I really do think Georgia is is a good enough football team. I just it's just LSU this year it just seems to know how to win. I mean, not only not only do they have the talent, I just feel like Ed Ogeron has done a good job of just winning and knowing the right things to do in situational football. I mean, LSU LSU has had a hard road to get to where they are, and if they win this game, they should definitely be the number one seed. I mean, it would it would be absolutely ridiculous to put Ohio State number one with what LSU has had to do to get to be number one. So we both believe that if LSU loses to Georgia, they still get in as the number four seed. Oh, they they, 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 beat, should, they should they should still get in. Yes, definitely. If they beat Georgia, they leap and and get to number one. Let me ask you though, the Bulldogs, do they have a shot at winning this game? Not a shot, like an outside shot. Do they have a real shot at, at upsetting the LSU Tigers almost in their home? Ed, they're playing in Atlanta. And obviously, you know, Georgia has played some big games in Atlanta in the previous couple of years. Do they have a shot? Yeah, I think there is a pathway. I mean, I, I, I see them, you know, if, if Georgia can kind of control the clock, their defense can have a good game, they can kind of control the clock, and they can run the ball, I think they could very much win this game. And, you know, play that kind of ball control offense, and Fromm, Fromm can make the, the passes when he needs to convert on third down. I, I could see the path of, of Georgia winning this game. Yeah, I don't I don't think this is, this is a surefire win for LSU. See, I think LSU wins this game. I just, I look at Georgia, and, and they're wounded right now. Let, let's start with their injuries, Ed. Um, their, their leading receiver, his name is George Pickens, He's been suspended for the first half of the LSU game. Lawrence Cager, who was their number two wide receiver, he's out with an ankle injury. He's out for the season. DeAndre Swift got injured against Georgia Georgia Tech last week. Kirby Smart says that he's going to be back, but he's not going to be 100%. So I'm, I'm looking. Georgia needs to be healthy, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They need DeAndre Swift to be 100%. They need Lawrence Cager. They need George Pickens, and they don't have the weapons for Jake Fromm. Plus, I look at Jake Fromm, and he's been less than stellar, and I'm being kind, by the way, in the last four games of of this season. Against Georgia Tech, he threw for four touchdowns last week, but he still threw for less than 50%. He hasn't been able to complete over 50% of his passes uh, the the past four weeks. That's that's a huge no-no. I mean, Jake Fromm has been laying eggs out there at, at at the end of the season when they should be clicking. That offense hasn't been scoring points at a rapid pace. They need to control the clock. But I don't think their passing offense has enough in order to move the ball against LSU. An average LSU defense, which is which is kind of scary to say, Ed. An average LSU defense, it, 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 usually LSU and defense... They, they go hand in hand, but this year they, they have been average. But I just don't think Georgia has enough firepower on offense to move the ball in LSU. I don't think they're going to score 40 points, and they're certainly not going to hold LSU less than 40 points. And that's, why, that's what I think it comes down to. LSU is going to be able to score, and Georgia is not going to be able to score. All right, so do you want to move on to the Big Ten game? Uh, let, let's talk about what... Um, LSU, Bavada has LSU as the favorite in this game, minus seven and a half in Atlanta. Obviously, the, the odds makers believe that 
LSU is, is going to come out on top. And I just think, again, the injuries and the offense, not enough. Um, and LSU has too many weapons. And, uh, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, just, I don't, again, uh, DeAndre Baker is not lining up against, you know, Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson this year. And, and Georgia doesn't have that firepower in the secondary as well. So, the Bulldogs certainly have a shot, but it, it, it's a really, really small one. L- let's talk about the Pac-12 game. Um, Pac-12 championship game, Utah against Oregon. Tyler Huntley, who's been really a surprise this season because he's really been the driving force behind Utah. We all know that Utah has a great defense. They have a stellar defensive line. They get after the quarterback. We know about Jalen Johnson, the the star cornerback in the uh, in the secondary for Utah. But it's been Tyler Huntley who has been the driving force behind Utah's resurgence. They only have one loss. They're playing against an or, a really talented Oregon team. So it's t- Tyler Huntley against Justin Herbert. Are you going with Oregon? I mean, Herbert is your boy, Ed. You know, though Utah Utah has been a good team this year. I mean, they they may not have like. Justin Herbert and they may not have you know sort of the offensive firepower of Oregon but you know Utah Utah is a very steady team um you know I guess I guess it, I guess they may be a little kind of underrated by uh you know a lot of a lot of odds makers and so forth just because of the fact that you know we're just not used to seeing Utah being this good of a team uh, it's absolutely true but Bavada has Utah as the, the favorites in this game over Oregon, minus six and a half. Uh, it's, the game is going to be played at, at Levi's Stadium and in San Francisco and Santa Clara. Uh, it's going to be a huge atmosphere. And, you know, both teams, both teams play good defense. Utah is, I think, number one in terms of stopping the run. But Oregon is also no slouch. I think they're number 10 nationally against the run. And it's just, they're led by their linebacker, Troy Dye. So both teams are able to stuff the run. What Oregon does well is they also create turnovers as well. Um, I think I was looking at the stat and, you know, they've forced more turnovers or they've intercepted more passes this year than they have allowed touchdowns. And they've intercepted 17 passes compared to 15 touchdowns that they've given up. So it's a crazy number like that. Both teams play good defenses. You know, usually we're used to, you know, Oregon, Marcus Mariota. They play great offense, but they're they're a great offense, but they don't play any defense. The Oregon Ducks play really good defense this season. And Cristobal has a chance to to go back to, to the Rose Bowl. And this is what Utah is playing for as well. Actually, Utah is already in the Rose Bowl. If Utah doesn't win this game, they're still going to make it to the Rose Bowl. They just, they're not going to make it to the college football playoffs. So l- let me ask you this. You, obviously, if Georgia loses, they're out. Will you put Utah in if, if they win convincingly against Oregon? I... You know, I think that's kind of a tough one because it's hard to it's hard to justify the big you know the Pac-12 in the playoff when you got the big. Don't pack. hate on the Pac-12, Ed. Don't hate on the Pac-12 just because nobody look nobody in the committee watches the Pac-12 games because they're already asleep. I mean, we all know it's SEC country, but come on, don't hate on the Pac-12 just because nobody watches those games except me. But I mean, don't hate on them. Come on. I mean, Utah should be in if 
if they play the way they've played the, the past five or six games, they've got Tyler Hundley, they've got Zach Moss at running back. I've already praised their defense. If they beat Oregon, they should be in. I mean, nobody plays defense in the Big 12. Utah plays defense. Washington was in a couple of years ago in the college football playoff uh, uh, in 2016. I mean, we saw it. It, it did happen. Uh, they were playing in the college football playoff. It didn't end well, but Utah should be in, Ed. I would take them over Oklahoma any day. I realize that, you know, Jalen Hurts, Oklahoma's offense, third straight year that Oklahoma gets in. You know, they've they've been in with Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. Why not put them in again? But come on. Give Pac-12 some love. Well, I think I think this will be a debate, but I just think I just think I just think uh the pack I, I think the pack the the Big Twelve I think is a harder road than the Pac twelve, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. Utah, Utah, Oregon, USC, I mean Washington. USC Look, but I, USC I, but USC and USC and Washington haven't been very good. In fact, you know, Washington is doing away with their coach. I mean, I, you know, so <laughs> I don't, I don't, uh, I, I, I mean, the teams that should be good in the Pac-12 haven't been good. The Pac-12 conference is stronger this year than the Big 12. There are only two teams right now in, in the top 10. That's Oklahoma and Baylor. Give me another team that's in the top 25 in the Big 12. There is none. Because, I mean, they're just out. I mean, Texas was supposed to be good. They weren't. So the Big 12 conference, the, the conference that doesn't play any defense, now I'll, I'll say that again. Sorry, all of your listeners that, that love the Big 12. Big 12 doesn't play any defense. And you've got two top 10 teams right there. I'm not sure Baylor is for real. I'm not sure even Oklahoma is for real, to be honest with you, this year. And I'm hearing Big 12 fans you know, screaming at me and saying, Hey, give Big 12 some respect. But Pac-12 conference has been stronger this year. It hasn't been like stellar. It hasn't been off the chart, but Utah and Oregon are, are good teams. And I would actually argue that they're better teams than Oklahoma and Baylor. Uh, that's a, I mean, I mean to say to say better than Oklahoma, I mean, I think Oklahoma is... Absolutely. A- I would love Utah against Oklahoma. If we could have like a playoff, like a play-in game, I would love that. I mean, if Utah beats Oregon this week and Oklahoma beats Baylor, which the logic says, I would love a playoff play-in game. Like in Major League Baseball, a play-in game for the wild card. Let's see, a great defense against a great offense. Let's see who wins. I'll always take the defense, Ed. I'll always take the defense on a short week. I think that defense would harass the hell out of Jalen Hurts, and Oklahoma would realize that, hey, I'm glad we're not playing in the pack. Well, well, will you say the same thing, though, if Oklahoma goes up and puts up a big number against uh, Baylor? No, I'm actually going to surprise you. I think Oregon beats Utah this week. For everything that I've said, I think Oregon beats Utah. I just, I want hysteria. And I want Georgia to lose. I want Utah to lose. I actually want Oklahoma to lose as well. And then I want to see what happens. Like, how is the committee going to get out of this? I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think all three teams are going to lose like that. I'm sure one of them is going to sneak in. It's probably going to be Oklahoma, for your sake. Jalen Hurts is going to be in there. I think Oregon beats Utah. I, I love Utah, but I actually think Justin Herbert... And Oregon will will pull off this upset, and they are the underdogs in this game. I think they're they're going to beat Utah, and I want chaos. Said, I want chaos in this conference championship weekend. The more teams lose, the better. I actually want Ohio State to lose to Wisconsin. 
I'm, I'm praying for it. I'm not pulling for it, but I don't think it's going to happen. But I'm, I'm like, man, I want everybody to lose, Ed. I want everybody to lose, except for LSU. I want LSU to get in because LSU deserves it. LSU has been the best team. But I want chaos. I want Ohio State to lose. I want Utah to lose. I want Georgia to lose. I want everybody else to lose after that. Who knows? Maybe Alabama will still get in after that chaos. What do you think about that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, if 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 the that many teams that you've just said lose, then Alabama gets in. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, in as reality, a, as a two, without you know, I know yeah, as a two loss team, I'm trying to be a, I'm trying to be a joker here, but. Uh, Look, I actually do believe Oregon is going to pull off the upset. I already said that Georgia will lose. I think Oklahoma will will get in because they'll, they'll beat Baylor no matter what. Six against seven, and it just makes sense that the Sooners will get in. Nobody else will. I mean, if the Sooners win the, the Big 12 championship game against Baylor, there's no way you can justify Utah getting in or Georgia getting in with, with two losses. I, it's I, it's going to be Oklahoma. I just want to I, – yeah, I, I just want to echo that and just say – I know that you know you know we've seen in previous years the committee generally when it's on the borderline they pick Oklahoma. But I'll tell you the truth: if Utah does beat Oregon, I want Utah to get in over Oklahoma, because Utah is also playing a, a team that's let's legitimate. Oregon is no slouch out there, and I'm not sure Baylor's ranking at number seven is fully justified. I've already said. Uh, Oklahoma has lost in two straight years in the semifinal game with better quarterbacks, Ed. They had Kyler Murray before. They have Baker Mayfield. And they're going to do the same with Jalen Hurts. You don't think that third time is the charm for Lincoln Riley with Jalen Hurts, even though he's been there before. But this isn't... This Oklahoma team is not as talented as it used to be with, with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. And that's why I'm pulling for Utah. If Utah beats Oregon, I would much rather watch Utah because they can play defense, they can control the clock. Tyler Hundley has been a really good dual-threat quarterback. I could actually make a case that he's made a a late surge for the Heisman. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but the way he has played, and if he plays well against Oregon, he should be invited out there. I mean, that's he should be in New York, Uh, but he's not going to be. But I could make a case that... Tyler Hundley is the reason Utah is here. We all knew about their running back. We all knew about their defense. But Hundley has played really well. So Utah is a really balanced team on offense, and they're awesome on defense. And I would much rather watch a, a Utah team at number four face, you know, Ohio State or LSU because they could give them a fight. They could because I don't think LSU or Ohio State has seen a Utah type of defense. So I'm just, I'm pulling for the Utes, Ed. I'm pulling for the Utes. This is a nice, feel-good story. I don't want to see Oklahoma for the third straight year losing the semifinal game. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're thinking about entertainment, then yeah, you put Utah in. And maybe that's why they want to put Utah, they want to put Utah ahead of, of Oklahoma at this point. Well, like I said, it's, it's going to be a wild weekend, Ed. It, it really is. It's either way you look at it. What do you think? Uh, Wisconsin against Ohio State? In the Big Ten championship game, does Wisconsin have a shot this this time around? They already played, Ed. Ohio State just blew them out. Do they have a shot? No, nah, I think Ohio State rolls over Wisconsin. 
who's been uh, who's been the most exciting team to you? I wanted to ask this. Has it been Ohio State, or has it been LSU, or are you seeing? I'm actually seeing a, a a Clemson team that's really dangerous. They've really everybody's kind of forgotten about them. The national championships last uh, national champions last year, and it's just Trevor Lawrence has played better in recent weeks, and Clemson offense and defense have played better and it seems like everybody has forgotten about them because everybody's talking about LSU everybody's talking about Ohio State Clemson is kind of a sleeping giant that they didn't play well in the first part first half of the season but in the second half of the season this is the team that I wouldn't want to face in the college football playoff yeah well I mean you to answer your question I'll answer it in a sec but I, I think Clemson Clemson's you know kind of playing it low key like they did last year and look what they did last year in the in the national championship so um, yeah I mean as as long as you know I I think I I think you can't count Dabo Sweeney out you know for for winning this all I mean they could be a three seed and win it all I mean I could see that being a very real possibility but I mean to answer your question I mean I just think I just think LSU has been so much fun to watch this year I mean they've played they stacked their schedule with hard games they played in the SEC they played a hard non-conference op- opponent I give them credit they didn't make it easy for them and they still went out and beat the teams that that, that were on their schedule so I I I I, re- I really like watching LSU um, I mean I love watching their corners you know I love I love the way their corners play. You know, I, I like that kid Stingley. I, I'm a, I bet when he comes around for the draft, I'm going to be a big fan of him. Um, you know, just Christian Fulton and um, just just overall. I mean, you know, Jefferson, the receiver, and um, Edward Zilaire has been a decent running back. I, I just I, I like a lot of things about this uh, LSU team. And Joe Burrow has been a great feel-good story. I mean, I realized that Kyler Murray came out of nowhere last year to win the Heisman and then become the number one overall pick. But tell me if anybody saw this coming with Joe Burrow and this LSU offense. I mean, I didn't see it coming. You didn't see it coming. Nobody saw it coming. I mean, he was just a great story as a junior, you know, being a transfer and winning the winning the job as LSU's quarterback. And, uh, I mean, he did he, – he, he was he was sort of you know an above average quarterback for LSU, but they never thought he would be the quarterback that he is now. I mean, he is just he is literally. I mean, I I I like him now. Now I now I want my team to draft him. You know, I want my team in the NFL to get him because he's he's he he's shown that he's an extremely accurate passer. He can play under pressure. He's a winner. Um, you know, he's 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 just he's competitive. Um. I, 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 there's just so much to like about Joe Burrow. And, and I think, I think I, I'm, I'm going to really, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to like him a lot. Um, you know, he, he won big, I think with the Tua injury. I mean, I think he, I think he gets into the top 10 now, now that, uh, I got him. I got him as the number one overall pick right now going to the Cincinnati Bengals. It could, it could very well happen. I mean, I, you know, I, I guess we have to kind of see how it shakes out with the interviews and, uh, stuff like that and see who likes who but um i mean I, I i'd probably still put justin herbert as my favorite i think i think you're a little bit more you're, you're a little bit more you know what you're going to get out of justin herbert but you know i will say with joe joe burrow is he's, he's shown improvement every year and so if he can consistently improve year to year 
I mean, then, you know, I mean, maybe then Joe Burrow really is the quarterback that, I mean, is really just the quarterback that the team should take number one. Don't you want a quarterback that can win big games? I mean, isn't that what it's all about when you're actually ranking them, when you're actually evaluating them? I mean, how much better are you going to get if you played against you know texas a&m if you played against auburn alabama and you've beaten these teams i mean what else does joe burrow have to do look at his numbers i mean the guy is throwing for 44 touchdowns he's completed 78 percent of his passes which is unheard of in in the sec this isn't the pac-12 conference or or the big 12 conference where jalen hurts you know caused hysteria by by getting better this year what else do you have to do I mean, to me, it's pretty clear. Burrow has done everything that he could. The only knock that you can make is he doesn't have the strongest arm. But the fact is, I mean, look at the quarterbacks that have been successful in the NFL. They haven't had the strongest arms. Look at Brady. Look at Breeze. Look at Peyton Manning. They've been accurate. They throw the ball accurately in the short, intermediate range and and can sling the deep ball from time to time. They're good at play action. They can avoid the rush. Burrow has proven this year that he can do those things. And he's, I mean, the way you look at it, I mean, he can only improve. You see, you saw the step that he took from his junior to senior year. I'm sure he's going to get a lot better. I'm not saying like a lot, lot better, but he's going to get better with NFL coaching. And I'm just, I'm asking myself, I'm like, I'm looking ahead and saying like, what else does Joe Burrow have to do in order to, to prove himself that he's not the number one overall pick? I mean, you can nitpick and say that Herbert has got a stronger arm, but that doesn't necessarily make a better quarterback, Ed. Well, I, th- I think Herbert has a lot of intangibles, and I think he has a lot of, you know, I think, I think he does a lot of things right. I think he is also an accurate passer himself. I think he has a good arm. I think I think you know, and and he has shown the improvement to get the ball out quicker. Um, I, he hasn't won a big game yet this year. I I'm, I want to see it against Utah. I'm I'm pulling for Oregon. I'm picking Oregon to beat Utah. This is a really good defense, and they're going to get after Herbert. And he's got to come up with his best performance. I'm looking at Herbert this weekend. If he has a so-so performance. I'm. I would be very, very disappointed because you got to come up big in those key games and the Pac-12 championship game. Everybody's gonna look is gonna be looking at at Justin Herbert, and he's got a lot to prove still because this is you know Burrow has proven it, and I'm sure he's gonna still come up big against against Georgia, and they've got a tough defense. We all know that, but I'm sure Burrow is not gonna lay an egg. Justin Herbert could. A lot of short passing. Utah is going to get after you. Herbert has got to come up. This is his game. This is his number one overall pick on the line right now, Ed. Because we're going to be watching both games. We're going to be seeing Burrow against Georgia, and we're going to be seeing Herbert against Utah. And this is this is for the number one overall pick, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you know, I I I, I just I think I think Herbert is is just a better prospect. I mean, I, I I like Burrow. I mean, Burrow Burrow is what I Burrow Burrow is definitely a quarterback I would take. But I I just think I just think that Herbert has a lot of more sort of intangibles, and um, you know, he does more than just throw the ball accurately. I've got questions about Herbert. I like Herbert, but I've got some questions, and I'm going to be looking at him very very carefully 
against a, a sophisticated and dominant and physical Utah defense that can get after quarterbacks. And that, that defensive line, I, I don't want to see any happy feet. I don't want to see him throwing it away. I want to see him avoiding pressure and making some big-time throws because a lot of Herbert throws are short passing game. He's getting rid of the ball quickly. I want to see him make some big-time NFL throws. I'm not sure he's going to be able to do that against Utah because Oregon has got a really good offensive line, but Utah is going to get it, get it, get to Herbert. And uh, as far as my evaluation goes, Ed, I'm going to be watching these two quarterbacks very, very carefully. But right now, Burrow has answered more questions this year than Herbert has. And I, I think I would assume that a lot of people feel the same way who have studied these quarterbacks very carefully this year and in previous years. Herbert has improved, but as far as I'm concerned, Burrow has a better resume right now. And as fair, obviously Herbert has had four years under his belt. Burrow has only had two years. But I've seen a lot of positive things with Burrow. I've got some question marks about Herbert. I want to see him have the game of his life against the Utah Utes. If he doesn't have that, the, the path is pretty clear for Joe Burrow to be the number one overall pick. And by the way, I'm, I'm bummed, Ed. I wanted to interview Joe Burrow at the Senior Bowl. If he's, gonna, if he's projected a top five, top ten pick, or maybe a number one overall pick, there's no way in hell he's going to be at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I, I think Joe Burrow has kind of passed the Senior Bowl level. That's That's crazy. Carson Wentz was there. Derek Carr was there. If Joe Burrow is a heck of a young man, I am, I'm reaching out to him on this podcast. Joe, you've got to come to the Senior Bowl, man. <laughs> it, will, it definitely won't hurt you to be there. You, you'll show everyone what you've showed during your senior year, and I'm pulling for this. So it's like I'm reaching out to Joe Burrow. You're probably not listening, Joe, but if you do, please come to the Senior Bowl. I I want to interview you. I want to get to know you. I want to see you against the best competition out there, senior competition in Mobile, Alabama. This was uh, Blitzcast number 85. I'm Alex Kavtov. Um, He was Edward Hunt. Thank you for listening. Take care.